0: Welcome back to Would You Gaming, the podcast where we try to keep you up to date on all the latest in gaming news, while also bringing interesting topics along the way that we cover as well. Today I wanted to discuss microtransactions, the thing that is so prevalent in gaming today you would think that it was always a staple, but that is not the case. As always, if you're new here, make sure you give us a follow, like, subscribe, let us know what we could do to improve the podcast if you have any ideas for upcoming episodes, we'd love to hear those. As always... And before we begin, want to give a shout out to Friends Across the Pond, the VGK Video Game Nights. They're an interesting podcast as well, covering topics in gaming as well. Their latest podcast, they covered the 3DS library, the system there. I haven't given a listen, but the one prior to that, I think it was on Street Fighter. And they cover some interesting things along the way, so check them out as well. To begin, we'll look at microtransactions. Microtransactions began first in the 90s when games were online. There were a ways of changing real-world currency for digital currency, and thus being able to purchase items in-game. And this, of course, went on to, in 2006, we had our first major publisher actually roll something out. Bethesda rolled out the horse armor that they they released. They wanted to see if there was any audience for it, if there was any kind of way that gamers might purchase this. And it was $2.50, and... It was largely received as negative by the community, but despite that, like I said, it became the ninth best-selling DLC in Oblivion. Oblivion had a little bit of DLC. I, believe, I don't know if they had season passes back then, but they have the Shivering Isle armor, I know that. We didn't see a whole lot of moniker transactions until years later when Overwatch came out and the business model of loot boxes became so prevalent. It did so well and it brought such visibility to it that by the year of 2017, the industry was all on board. We had our EAs and Activisions selling us stuff left and right that we may or may not need. Now, I'm not all against microtransactions. I understand it. If you're a developer who has something free to play with mobile titles in particular, they have to have a way to pay and keep those servers online, so they need to generate some sort of revenue there. In order to do that, they sell in-game items, boost for exp boost for items in clash of clans you can buy gems and the like to upgrade your town hall at a faster rate or speed up the the upgrade rate of your town hall because i think they use like real in-game time there so you'll upgrade a town hall and it'll take a full day but you can spill the spin the gems which are very rare to find in-game but you can purchase them outright for in for real money so that will speed up the process for you. I'm not all, I'm not against that. I understand that there has to be some kind of business model and revenue coming in. What I'm against is the games such as Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Or what was the one prior to that? I haven't played one of those games in a while. But I think it was Origins. And that game was so grindy that if you didn't purchase an EXP booster. You were going to spend hours upon hours in the game. I am of the mindset that if you're going to just make us grind and grind for that or incentivize purchasing an item then maybe you're designing your game wrong or you're just using predatory practices to try to gain more money at the end of the day we're paying 60 dollars for these titles a lot of times you would think that their pockets and shareholders would be satisfied but no that's not the case gaming as we Move more and more long as become more and more monetized. They want to squeeze as much out of us as they can, with the purchase of DLC. Oftentimes it's just cut content that was part of the game. They're like, you know what? We can make a little bit of money after the fact. And that's not what this this episode's about. We're talking more about cosmetic items, the the dances, the costumes, and in particular, the the boosting of characters, weapons, or in-game items to gain an advantage over your opponents through the use of microtransactions. Because I covered Pokemon Unite and I had looked into it and I saw a lot of people saying that the game was a lot, it could be pay to win if you upgraded your items the right way. There were certain Twitch streamers who actually just spent a little bit of money and they gained quite an advantage over their opponent just dropping a little bit of money into the to the game there. Semi-pay to win there, and that is something I'm not a fan of. I think there was a game on PlayStation 4 and PC Planet side that came out, and it was the same way. So you had to purchase, I think it was additional classes and weapons there, and you gained a strategic advantage over your opponent just by paying money in the game when it was a free-to-play game. Like I said, I understand you have to have some sort of revenue income there. Making it pay to win is just... It's not a good look overall, and it doesn't make for a good ecosystem for the player as a whole. And you know, we as gamers, we're used to being squeezed for our money, so we we know they're going to try to make every little bit of money they can. What are you going to do until something changes? There's legislation introduced to put a stop to these loot boxes. Looks like we're kind of stuck with them, honestly. Microtransactions can be a positive thing, like I said, if you have a free-to-play game or you're trying to keep something live. Having those transactions oftentimes is the only source of income you have. In in those ways, you're able to keep the player base going, keep the game alive, and allow players to enjoy a game that they might love. And like I said, I'm not against that at all. I have the issue when it's just rubbed down, just jammed down our throat. In the case of Destiny, Destiny was not a free-to-play game originally, but Activision was the shareholder. They were a partner with Bungie in developing that game. So, of course, every opportunity we got, there were more and more dances introduced there. There was a Carlton, and I think he even tried to sue Activision and Bungie over there, ultimately failing. But it's just it's just interesting to see that the more we move along, we get less games, and then more in-game purchases that they want to give us. If we look at live services games, they're the biggest culprit of this. Games such as the Marvel Avengers game, if that is still even live at this date, they want you to spend money, boost up, buy those extra skins, buy the cosmetics, and I'm overall just not a fan of that. I, I can understand purchasing one or two if there's something overly cool that you're like, yeah, you know that. I, I just have to have that. I want to have that. I want to be looking cool while I'm destroying everybody. Overall, it's it's just oversaturation in the marketplace at this time with games the way they are now, I hope we have some type of change in the coming future to give us something a little bit more substantial, where the developers hands are not in our pocket and our wallet so much, trying to pull every dime out of there, and we get something a bit more. And looking back, like I said, they, they originally, when microtransactions came about, it was, it was largely due to Microsoft. Microsoft introduced the Xbox Live with Xbox 360, I think it was the marketplace is what it was at that time, and they introduced it as a way for developers to to make more money on new revenue streams for publishers and developers, and they called it a boon for players and and having to only spend five, ten, or twenty bucks for content bundles. They may or may not have wanted if they wanted to purchase in. If not, they could just forego that. Microtransactions are not the best thing. They overly just monetize games. And give us something that, at the end of the day, is an inferior product that could be better if the effort was put in. But now, with everything the way it is, it seems they just want to make more money overall. And it's a sad state, because I I love games and I love the industry, the, the medium. It's my medium of choice. I don't watch a whole lot of TV, movies, or anything like that. I listen to plenty of music, of course, but... My medium of choice is gaming, so to see it so prevalently overrun with microtransactions is is disheartening to say the least. With loot boxes the way they are and going, they may run into legislation in the future, especially in the EU, but I'm not so sure in the US where lobbyists just pour hundreds of thousands of dollars into the pockets of the politicians to ensure that they get votes swinging their way unless there's some drastic change or we get some fresh faces in our leadership or we just stop being so reliant on all these publishers then we're pretty much stuck with what we have here at this time. I don't know about you but it's not the way I want it. Here's hoping that we get some change in the future. Microtransactions can't be a positive thing but overall they're just used to line the pockets of shareholders and the and the publishers more often than the developers they're not making as much money as the publishers are let's not kid ourselves they're making pennies on the dollar for the publisher's money anyways it's been chris here as always would you game let us know what you think like subscribe looking forward to uh, putting more content out